0: We've got here with us today, we've got Lyndon, the uh, founder of Pete uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Lyndon when uh, he came into my work and we did a sandwich making uh, event. And today, what we're going to run through is we're going to run through Lyndon as the CEO, uh, we're also going to run through his journey and his accomplishments and what's upcoming
1: so would you like to introduce yourself yeah absolutely my name's Lyndon. i'm the, the founder of Eat Up, and just to explain what we do at e it's a simple premise so we provide free lunches to disadvantaged school children who would otherwise go hungry at, at school it all actually started in shepherd in my hometown oh, okay. country of victoria nearly 10 years ago in 2013.
0: amazing and um, for the people that, that
1: don't know this is going broadcast
0: into the uk first yeah. So would you like to just explain how it started and the inspiration behind it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So probably just as a little bit of a, a precursor, the lunch system's a little different here in Australia compared to the UK. So rather than, uh, I guess, school kids getting lunch at school through cafeterias or well, like, kids will yeah. bring lunch from home that their, their parents will prepare. And largely that, that works really, really well. But unfortunately, there are some kids in a tough position where if their is under really difficult circumstances, they're arriving at school without food from home, and, and come lunchtime, and missing out. And, and I really had no idea at all that that was the case until I read a local newspaper story in Shepparton. So Shepparton, it's a country town, um, sort of medium-sized country town, I suppose, in Victoria, okay. the state of Melbourne and, uh, sorry, the same state, Victoria, as, as Melbourne's in for the, the UK business. Yep. Um, so it's a mid-sized town, and I just read it, I was really surprised to learn of, of kids in that circumstance in a country as fortunate as Australia. And when it's happening in your own hometown and it's, it's sort of that medium-sized town, I just thought, look, if I didn't try and do anything to help it, would perhaps be unlikely that circumstance, going to change right. anytime soon for these kids. And it wasn't anything grand by any means what I, that I did. It was just like, look, yeah. if these kids don't have a lunch, what if I did something really simple and, and made them one myself at home and okay. dropped them in? That's all it was. So that, that's yeah. how I got started.
0: So it started from sort of seeing what's going on around you yeah, and putting yourself forward to... to Put yourself out there to help other people yeah off your own back completely
1: yeah and and again like it was just literally making some sandwiches from the kitchen at home but i suppose i always had this aspiration to try and help to try and contribute i was really lucky growing up to to not have that be my circumstances and um shepherd in itself it does have people who are doing really well but also people who are doing quite tough and course, it's just yeah. purely sort of like which of those sort of circumstances you, you, you're born into or grow up and I always wanted to try and help if I could and being a, a sort of young man at the time of when Eat Up began I never had any sort of real expertise or financial resources that I could contribute say in the traditional ways of, of donating my think, or offering a skill set but in this instance something as simple as making a sandwich that's something I could do and it was literally just taking what I could from my mum's cupboards at the time buying a few extra loaves of bread and, and um, yeah cooking up 100 sandwiches for both of those two schools so that's how it got started amazing amazing so what Lyndon just spoke through there is
0: um something which we did at our workplace a very well-known food tech company he came in and we made many sandwiches
1: uh, i think it was 1200 or so it was a thousand plus we, we we smashed through the, the four <laughs> figure mark in 60 minutes mind you so 60 very minutes. swift
0: yeah it wasn't any 60 minutes make or it was a 60 minutes. <laughs> so So, um, that's sort of what he up sort of do, and that's how and started it. So, more about the company then. Um, mm-hmm. When did you decide you'd set up the company, uh, and and where did you see it
1: going from there? It? it was so in that in its infancy, I, I never anticipated that that first delivery would would be a really pivotal change in certainly. Sort of my life or trajectory it never began as a a career pathway. It was just a simple response to to this particular article and and trying to help the school and. It was really when the schools called back fairly shortly after saying, Hey, that's great, right. we, we appreciate it, but um, can we have some more sandwiches, please? Oh, my God. <laughs> like that was critically when I thought, Okay, we're gonna to have to find a, an ongoing way. And I started to research more broadly the issue of kids missing out on food in Australia. And there was a statistic uh, from Food Bank Australia, which is the largest food charity in the country, in Australia. They found through their research, there's in fact one in eight Australian kids arriving at school hungry every day. Wow. So that's, that's when amazing. it's like, Okay, if we're going to have any sort of significant impact not only does it have to become ongoing become sustainable but it has to become scalable and that's when these first sort of uh seeds started to invent themselves i was like you know finish, finishing my uni course oh, my. so even then it was, it was really three or four years in it's like i was just buying ingredients getting some help from family and friends like i may have had a local thai restaurant and we'd start we'd move from the home kitchen into the kitchens there and got some help from the apprentice chefs in the local area to get the local tape, which was sort of like a training type school. Um, And then sort of it started to to grow a little. I spent some time living in Bendigo as well and and became aware of some schools there. So it sort of really organically um, sort of replicated itself and started to to get bigger. And then eventually we probably got to a stage we had probably like 20 old schools. And so it was quite a big undertaking. You know and, and doing that with uni and, and part-time work um a lot. It, it was a lot it was a lot to juggle so it was, it was wrapped to do it yeah. but um eventually we were lucky you know, to engage like with some pitch events and meet some funders Where it's like hey like what you're doing is great it's clearly having an impact what would happen if we could support you to do it correct or you had a fan, what would be next and, and then that's when it, we really started to scale up quickly was getting that first band being able to dedicate myself to it full-time, engage with more volunteers, start to bring on an amazing team and and just to accelerate forward. Like I said, it's nearly been 10 years, so way back now. But um, we support over 650 schools across uh, Australia, so through Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland, Western Australia and the Northern Territory, and have ticked over 2.2 2.2 million lunches made in the limit since we first started, which you've contributed to, so big thanks yeah. to you for that. You're welcome,
0: well that's, that's a major accomplishment. I, I can say, personally I don't know any other companies doing something uh, which you're doing. Um, in the UK we've got football player, Marcus Rashford, yeah. Incredible. Go ahead. Uh, I am a Liverpool supporter, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately I'll take my cap off to Marcus Rashford, yeah. so as everybody knows back home, uh, he does a campaign which is he's, he's doing something similar with uh, kids uh, around Manchester and London, I think that. Yeah. Where kids aren't eating, they're up and school hungry. and He's actually providing his own charity um, of food to these kids. Uh, he's donating 10% of his wages if I'm right, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and, and that for me is a great sort of initiative yeah. taken. And I, I feel like a lot of these high-paying professional athletes or, or sportsmen, sportswomen, should be doing the same something which is is inspirational and needed in, in our community what 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 are your thoughts on that
1: oh, absolutely marcus rashford an absolute inspiration and and what a an amazing footballer but and, and even better uh it's human being that same something isn't given how, how great he is on the field and but i think like sports people they're such heroes to young people and everyone really so they've got this enormous influence and scope to be able to Contribute and engage, and and that's not just you know say directly themselves, whether it's through donating, but influencing the broader public to start to engage with these causes, and whether it's giving their time or donating goods or equipment. Yeah. So uh, I think there's an enormous opportunity there, and there there are a lot of inspiring examples. Like you look at what LeBron James has done and Serena Williams. There's there's heaps of inspiring examples, Um, and it's it's great to see it becoming more and more common as far as like professional sportsmen and women go. So. Yeah, I, I'm a massive sports fan, so I've always look to that area for for inspiration. And but in, in every respect, but certainly you know, in a in a philanthropic sense, there's lots of inspiration there from there as well.
0: Yeah. So, um, and, what's your goal to sport?
1: Uh, I've I grew up playing a lot of uh, soccer. So I guess we you say here in Australia, football for, for those who've seen abroad, but like AFL, which, which obviously rules. when I You um Formula One, like whatever's on UFC. I like big big sports fans like Australia's pre-sports fan as you've probably yeah, yeah. gotten a hold of pretty quickly so yeah I I, I love sport and, and even like I, like we touched on that I think sport has enormous capacity to engage from this sort of social um it's that it's a global language it's platform. yeah platform. It, 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 it really is so like in terms of any ER or 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 causes looking to sort of uh, change things for the better I think there's such exciting opportunities to engage with sporting clubs and teams and athletes to improve things. Brilliant. And do you see
0: anything on the horizon of maybe working with any sports teams, any sports brands, just, just to, to get them on board? Because they've got a platform to, you know, yeah. reach more people than what the normal person has?
1: Certainly, they, they, they sure do. And to, to scale and, and impact. So we've had the great good fortune to work with professional sporting clubs and co's and already. So. We've worked with the Brisbane Broncos, which is a rugby league team in Brisbane, which was amazing. We've had events with North Melbourne, AFL Club here in Melbourne. Uh, We've worked with the UFC when they've been touring through Australia, which has been amazing. We've had a couple of events with them. So it's a great way, firstly, to to make a lot of sandwiches, just as as we need to get a gift. But also you can imagine commencing in a new area and and they've got such a broad reach through their social channels for other businesses, the general public to see uh, like, hey, I would love to do that. It's a very accessible volunteering opportunity, which is a hands-on volunteer sandwich making. So it's really influential from that perspective as well. So we love to engage more and more. And whether it's touring musicians, like the events we do, we host them on site with the group, we're taking part. So it's very flexible about be to work with different um, different sort of people. So right. we look forward to hopefully a few more events like that coming up in the
0: future. Amazing. Uh, so if you're watching this, uh, guys, we will share all socials at Himself and the company, and it'd be great to get in touch. Maybe drop a few questions, uh, and we'll answer them at any time. So, moving forward, then, with oh, sorry, touching back on, on the UFC, what? How did you manage to get in touch with the UFC? How did that come around?
1: It was just a bit of a long shot. Like I've always kind of tried to leverage whether it's LinkedIn or other sort of Instagram social network platforms when it when a some event like the UFC when they're coming through town, and you know, hey, they might want to engage with the local like, community and host an event. So just really reaching out saying, hey my big fan, we're doing this work locally to impact kids in a tough spot. It would be amazing to have the opportunity to work together. It's it's a fast activity, 60 minutes like you know, it's yeah, yeah. And it's fun. And and yeah, they were so lovely to be able to, to work together with. So initially it was for uh UFC, I think it was 193, it was the Ronda Razi Holly Holm oh, okay, at yeah. um at Marble Stadium. So we worked with them then and we also worked with them um at what was at that stage. I think it was the Budika Sundia card as well. Oh, so yeah, we yeah, worked that. So on that card, so oh, wow. um, that was another really exciting one. So uh, they've been amazing. I, I mentioned to you briefly earlier. I was also able to visit the UFC headquarters in Las Vegas, uh, sort of learning and, and growing up oh, there. Yeah. So they, yeah, it's been awesome. And they, and they do a heap of really special work in the community whenever they travel around, which they do, of right, the yeah. course. So um, they've been a great organisation to to be able to engage with and. And sort of spread the, the influence that they have as a, as a sporting
0: company. Amazing. Um, and for me, seeing that, it's great to know you've got these huge brands, well, the USC especially, on board with you guys. Um, and, and that just kind of puts it into perspective uh, for the people that this is a very serious competitive sport. There's a lot of money involved. And it's also, um, for me, one of those ones where it's a combat sport. So it's not sort of the mainstream football, or rugby, and, and people do get hurt in there. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the the persona around the sport is, is for adults only but for me i feel like there's an age group around that it can target a bit more uh, and, and we are seeing with the gameplay especially myself i play a lot of ufc in gameplay Um I, I just feel like it's a great initiative that they've brought that forward because you know that's helping the kids really so what, what, what are your thoughts around that
1: yeah i, I think you're right ufc is, is certainly not to, to everyone's taste and you have got a smooth respect that naturally, but there's a lot of lessons through watching the athletes compete and to be able to engage with them and, and see how much they dedicate themselves to their craft, um, the influence they set in the community, the discipline that, that martial arts brings from a very young age. So I think to to look to it for the, the lessons in that respect is, is is so much anyone can really sort of take from it, and, and certainly just myself as an individual, I certainly having competed. <laughs> talking about. That. <laughs> to, to step into
0: to, to, oh really? yeah, nice, I'm, uh, I'm more of a boxer myself. I've yeah. done a few advice and got them going up on um, September 22nd live stream. Oh. Uh, I, I wanted on oh. three, but mainly I got not because a lot of the people I'm from at home um, professional boxers. Yeah. Uh, so I've done a few university charity matches here in Newcastle. So won them all. Nice.
1: Um, yeah, and
0: I'm, I'm really thinking. I'm really big into sort of the the, the combat sports because I feel like it's a lot of discipline, like you say, mm-hmm. from training and training de- and dedication. Um, so that's just sort of what I have in my spare time. Yeah, and um, knowing that the UFC, you've, you've been helped and you've you've come a of with, and that for me is, is is amazing. And hopefully, something which we could do maybe sometime
1: down the line. Mate, I'm I'm sure you could. You, you could speak on that even better, than I, Given your your history in the uh, the combat world, and I'm I'm like, mate, like I certainly no one they would see their email arrive and, and be like this guy so they were very open to engaging with causes and people and, and spreading the nature of their work so i'm very confident you would, you would be able to engage and have some great chats amazing that's great so what
0: is a day day in the life of lindenham um, and what's the day that look like for you
1: yeah even more broadly in terms of what we do it's the combination of the sandwich making events and then delivering directly to the schools that's really the the heart of what happens is working with volunteers we are giving their time to support these schools. So we deliver, as you know, a very simple cheese sandwich, which we deliver fresh but in bulk to the yep. schools. Yep. Um, the schools then freeze them when they arrive, and that gives control to the teachers at that school to be able to identify the kids in need, distribute them in a way that's sensitive to any potential embarrassment. And I'll generally toast those sandwiches up. So the humble cheese toastie is the, the go-to. So that's that's really um, what, what is the most important, is always the impact for us. but. I guess more broadly now for me it's it's looking to advocate for the nature of the cause, the nature of the work we do to be able to think of how do we continue to innovate to even better support the young people and the families we, we look to to help. So yeah a really central guiding question for us is is always how basically we be? asking the school to teach us that and naturally we had to um be agile through the period of the pandemic and, and change our offering. You yeah. can imagine a, a a large hands-on group volunteering activity and something that's distributed daily at schools is is not suited when kids are learning remotely so we we shifted very quickly on the response of schools to provide these larger uh food boxes filled with fresh fruit and veg and cereal and bread and muesli bars and pasta and pasta sauce yes. all sorts of things now we're back to our our core offering but we're always thinking you know, what more can we do what more can we learn we've we've got like this amazing volunteer support this ability to prepare food and a logistic capacity to deliver it so there's always scope to be able to, to redirect that but at the same time we've always felt one of the real strengths of EDAR that what we do is the fact that it's it's very very specific yeah and very simple to grasp and understand That's we support 100 kids who would otherwise miss out of school so we can still work within that general uh, guideline yeah well I
0: wouldn't say it's simple I would say is inspirational especially for the people listening right here for me myself it's inspirational as we'll touch back from the pandemic so Lyndon was just speaking about putting these boxes together for the children and the families. When I was uh, sort of mid-pandemic uh, and I was studying at uh, university uh, in Newcastle, I had, um, I'd say a friend. So in our local club, bar, uh, we would go down there, I the boys quiz now, there was always uh, a chap in the toilets, a lucky, lucky man. So he would work in the toilets uh, from his, after his day job, five till. 4 a.m. in the toilets all night, handing out shaves um, and sweets, you know, for a pound or two, um, so that's one or two dollars in uh, Australia. And when the pandemic hit, he had no work, he couldn't work at all. And I messaged him to check up because he—he's he's, uh, shown me that his wife is very proud of his family. And he, I reached out to him. I said, "Is everything okay? With the pandemic? I know he's working in in the." um in the toilets at, at our, our, our local There's no sorry I, i'm not doing tea grade. i've got no income coming in now the government wasn't helping in because they were only paying out full-time workers their 80 percent of the wage so i had to keep it on myself to, to get as much cash as i could uh, and i wanted um well i got a friend here because i was driving at the time because no one like was out of the houses to, to get some food together we got bench, we got pastas we got sauces a bit protein but chicken and my friend had them into his house and honestly when i say I've never seen anybody's breadth in my life and it was amazing to see and for me that's just on a tiny scale. Mm. Uh, and I can see what you're doing is is that but in a huge sort of more reachable way. So for me that was very rewarding and it's probably one of the best things I've ever done to make myself feel better. Yeah. And like I say, I speak with him all the time, uh, EJ Dewando. he's from Nigeria, he's a great guy. Um, and for me, it's just that giving back is the most rewarding thing which I've, I've done personally. And I feel like I've, I've got a lot of sort of um, motivation from doing that. And that, that's another reason why I wanted to bring you on today, just because I, I can relate to what you're doing and I think it's a great initiative.
1: Uh, that's such I an amazing story. Good. And what, what an act of kindness, like it's those Ripples, I think people doing and hearing about. Like, I'm sure people are going to listen and, and sort of be blown away and inspired by that story, and, and and do something sort of similar in their own capacity, where they yeah. might know someone who's in a tricky spot and help, and it, it really multiplies. So, mate, that that's really well done. That's awesome. Yeah, thank
0: you. And there's a lot of people listening now, you'll know the lucky lucky man from uh, the Holy Hole Boy Newcastle. You'll know who he is. Um, you, you, I'm sure you've got some off to shave off in, and uh, I, I'm sure you'll see him again. Um, but he'll be wearing one of our hoodies because he's now one of our sort of main guys. We're going to bring onto the podcast in the next episode. Yeah, his yeah, so Life and yeah. moving from Nigeria to the UK. Yeah. You know these accomplishments, his he struggles. He's very proud of his family. He mm-hmm. just graduated uh, Leeds University. Uh, he's got His master's degree and his wife also got hers as well um, yeah, and, and it, it's got all kinds of things about like the uk but for me working in a toilet six hours a night seven days a week dealing with all these drunk university students that would be quite a a job i would not want to do you know would take a lot of your energy a lot of your time and that's just why i, I feel like people like that need, need help when it's not there
1: yeah and like couldn't speak up. Like getting a masters at university is clearly on and in New some amazing things coming up, and yeah, what what an incredible story. like in in terms of yeah that immigrant story and and ability to to be able to um make things happen. I, I can't wait to listen to that one. Yeah, great.
0: absolutely. And another thing for me is when when you're from the UK, you'll you'll be able to get a student loan for your course, get paid for your foundation. But well, being an immigrant from a different country, you have to fund it all yourself. Yeah. So that for me is where I could see sort of the personal side of not being able to afford to feed his, his, his kids and his wife so three kids two people no jobs no income. so that was just sort of like a short story i wanted to share with yourself mm. and moving forward then we'll talk about the the accomplishments for you so when when you're doing your day-to-day we know you left the company and you came back what what's the, the thing that keeps you going motivated
1: I think it's just the excitement of a possibility. Like I've always been, I, I think I've always sensed the most personal personal fulfillment in terms of being able to, to help people and, and be able to contribute. And I've always had a passion as well for whether it's startup business or, or I guess, the entrepreneurship more yeah, right broadly right. And being able to compare or combine those two passions in a way where you're trying to use that skill set towards sort of problem solving or building things towards impacting in the, the sort of broader social issue area is, is something that really inspires me. And I've I've sort of worked before in other sectors, you know, whether I like whether it's advertising or hospitality yeah. bars and things like that. And it's you have good fun, there's some some good times, but I've always found that most fulfilling combination, you know, personally of what gets you excited, what you're really fired up to, to try and be a part of, is is that space. I, I really it. like it and, and I love it really. So and to be able to look and see what we can do, what we can continue to do. But I guess a broader hope or aspiration for me has been potentially that EDUP could be one scope uh, spoke rather in a much bigger wheel of social change yeah. initiatives. So I, I you yeah. know hope that is might be focused on feeding hungry kids, but maybe there'll be other initiatives that come to support sort of other broader issues, whether it's homelessness or climate yeah. change or indigenous issues um supporting here in australia so still certainly a lot more work to do internally with with which i can't wait for but um that's something like i've always been drawn to entrepreneurs and and, like seeing the skills that they have to be able to start multiple businesses and and them have success to be able to to aspire to maybe achieve something similar in the not-for-profit world um is is something more and more that i'm like this is what i want to do this is the pathway like as a uh, i guess i never thought of it as a career but now it's like you look at the the scope of your working life doing. yeah your working life and be like oh, i'm going to try and remake make it into
0: yeah so for me that is people over profit what do you think about that sort of um, line I've put together there people over profit
1: yeah i i, I think it is but it more and more like the not-for-profit world and i've just uh got a, got a son now as well so that's a perspective of trying to balance like the nature of what you do at work and, and what you find fulfilling, but also trying to best support your family as well. That is it is something you've got to really balance. So it's it's hard. And um I guess I'm still trying to find that sweet spot in terms of what's the best thing to do. But I've sort of felt personally if you if you're if you feel great, you're high you're you're doing what sort of really makes you come alive, that's perhaps going to help you to become the best parent you can be in the best company and, and that's a great influence at, at home. Um, and, and maybe there could be other opportunities to, to earn a little bit more. Yeah. But um, maybe that starts to, to, to detract from some of the, the time at home. Who knows? I certainly don't begrudge either in a pathway way. People have to try and find what works Absolutely. best for them. I, I don't, you know, I, I think there's great careers in, in, in both, whether it's the for-profit world or the not-for-profit world, but yeah, um, that ability to be able to juggle following a passion like this but, and then also supporting your families is something you have to have to really sort of consider to see where that best sweet spot is and there are great now careers in the not-for-profit world like naturally the, yeah. and like the yeah. income is, is less than the for-profit space yeah but um to be able to really have a family that's secure and and then still pursue these passions I think is, is something you know more and more that's attainable. many people have proven that
0: and, and that, that for me is very inspirational hearing that, especially being myself, uh, I know a lot of my friends uh, have gone into these companies where they want to earn the most money possible, which is fair enough if you're young. However, I do know a lot of people who have got children, very young children. And I do hear a lot as all I'm doing is going to work and then I'm seeing, seeing my child. But work's not fulfilling for a lot of people. And with what you've just touched on there, I feel like a lot of people should sort of look at the opportunities in front of them rather than trying to chase the cash. I know the bills are on rise,
1: but if you're doing something you love, then you're always going to keep going and keep motivated. Um, and I think, like, truthfully, that's the biggest message, is is trying to find what you love. And if you have the good fortune to be able to do it, like, that's the best outcome, no matter what field that's in. And Certainly, you can be consumed by the work and have that work balance sort of flip right out just as much, maybe also sometimes in the not-for-profit world, because it is so hard to switch off the nature of the cause is very yeah, immediate. But to be able to find that thing that... That you're so passionate about that's that's really the kit i think for anybody um and this for me is is what what uh lights my fire and have you ever thought about going overseas with the venture or else? potentially we've still got more work to go in australia yet but it's that sort of combination of where the, the lunch system is like it is here in australia where kids are bringing food from home so of course in the uk and the us it's that little bit different but i guess from a broader context of, of wanting to impact in a, in a positive sort of social way of, of maybe trying to learn and develop and, and see causes where you can contribute or amazing organizations overseas where you can learn from them or contribute to their their work that's certainly something i i, I see and aspire to to be able to um contribute to in, in time would be amazing right. so marcus bashford if you're watching this you know how to get it so how can people find you So but we've got uh, through our social platforms is the best way so whether it's uh, eat up australia on Instagram, Eat Up Australia on LinkedIn, uh, Eat Up AUS on Facebook, our website, of course, probably the best one, so eatup.org.au. Yeah. Uh, check out what up to if you're able to support. That would be amazing. Um, if you just want to come and have a look that, that's awesome too. we love like people to connect and engage with us and, and certainly really grateful for the opportunity to have more of a chat, mate, and, and share more about the work we're doing. And of course, from your help <laughs> with the team uh, downstairs here, whipping up all those sandwiches for us.
0: Yeah, you're very welcome. Like I say, for me, uh, I want to get more people speaking, I want to get more people engaging, and I feel like Lyndon is certainly that person who I would look up to and someone who I would look up to for inspiration. I want to share with people. So, this is what we'll be doing from uh, the future on, on the channel podcast. We'll be getting people on uh, like uh Maybe not as great, but, um, but we'll we're, we're certainly get on. Even better, man. You told me maybe a Tyson career episode coming up, who knows? Maybe, maybe. I think. Maybe. Really welcome, I think you know. who, who knows? However, um, yeah. People, you know, we've got lined up, we've got boxers, we've got footballers, we've got the singers, we've got the rappers, we've got a lot of people coming on. But for me today, this is the first Australian Hold. And thank you very much for coming on. Mate, you go.